God is good. All right, you guys still know that one. That's good. Welcome to Elevate. We meet every Friday at 7 p.m. I'm Joseph Bonilla. I'm the, L, uh, the youth director here. It's good to have you guys if you're watching live. Good that you're watching live. We'd rather have you here. But I want you guys to look to your neighbor and say, fear not. We don't really talk like that anymore, but it sounds pretty cool. We're in a new sermon series called Fear Not. Everybody say, Fear Not. What holiday happens during uh, October? Does anybody know? Halloween. All right. I won't tell your parents, but how many of you like scary movies? How many of you get like a thrill out of being scared? I'm not that guy. I went to a... I went to a haunted house one time in my life, and I was screaming like a girl, and I never went back again. And you ask my wife, even Bree was there a couple times. My wife, she likes to scare me. I'll come home, and one time she pretended she was dead. And I was like, babe, let's wake up, wake up. And then she started laughing. I'm like, what are you doing? Why do you think of these things? Point of the story, I don't like to be scared. It's not a place I like to be. And the scripture tells us not to be afraid either, right? Over and over, we're reminded by the words of Jesus, do not be afraid, right? I want you to think about this. Jesus, he uh, was disciples. They're in a boat. It's really dark. I don't know. I Recently, I went to the Dominican Republic, and I got to look at the beach, and I got to see how dark it was. And I can tell you that it was one of the scariest things ever. It's like staring into the abyss. In the scripture, it talks about how people were actually afraid of the waters. You know, the only, think about this, the only light, where there weren't airplanes, there weren't satellites, there weren't any, any stuff other than stars in the sky and the moon. That was their light. So it was pitch black when they were usually on ships fishing. And it was probably like maybe 9 o'clock, 12 o'clock, who knows, but they were fishing late at night. And all of a sudden, they see Jesus walking on the water. They probably had lanterns, but that's a, that's a dangerous thing to have on the boats, right? Probably had lanterns. But even a lantern is not that bright. Think about it. You're just surrounded by darkness. Then you see, right, out of the darkness, just this guy walking on water. Tell me you're not going to be scared. I'm freaking out. That's almost like a scary movie. And then all of a sudden, the voice, the voice says, do not be afraid. Like, what? I'm going to be afraid still. Matter of fact, they thought Jesus was a ghost. They said, no, no, no. And then they realized, oh, wait, that's Jesus. Right? And then he calls, you know in the story, he calls Peter unto the, unto the water. Peter walks on water. Right? And then he falls, of course, and Jesus picks him up. But right there we experience something that, that's, that's something that's very similar. And a lot of times we're afraid. Right? You know, we, we're afraid of many things. People do things out of fear. Man, they live whole lives out of fear. People will live different lives out of fear of living the life that they're afraid of be seen, right? People will, be, will do crazy things because they're afraid. They'll do safe things because they're afraid. People sometimes live just out of this idea of fear, right? But everybody say, fear not. Everybody say, fear not. Pretend you're like, uh, you know, a superhero, right? Or if you watch this thing called My Hero Academia, 
you're like all might. And you say, he says, no, no, you guys watch that. Okay, pretend you're Superman. And he's coming up and he's like, fear not. Can you guys say that? Fear not. There you go, Abby. You're close. You're close. So we see that in a lot of stories, right? You know, the superhero comes and he's saying, fear not. You know, I'm here. I got this. I'm here to save the day. And that relieves the person that needs saving or that's afraid, right? When you're a child and you're scared, right, or if you have little, uh, little brothers and little sisters or little nieces, little nephews, when they're scared, where do they usually run? They run to their parents. They run to their legs. They hide themselves in the, the parents' legs, or they just, like, jump into their arms and tell them to pick them up. So there's this thing. When we're afraid, we cry out, and we're, we're afraid. We kind of make it known we're afraid. And there are some things that we should be afraid of. I want to clarify that. If you are in front of a train and that train is coming at you and you feel fear and you're like, no, the train's not going to hit me. I'm not afraid. I want to let you know you're not being brave. You're being dumb. Okay? You should be afraid at that moment and jump out. If there's a leopard coming at you, right, and you have no training whatsoever and that leopard's running, right, and he's tracking you down and you're like, I'm not afraid of no leopard. No, you should be afraid of a leopard. You should do whatever you need to survive. I wouldn't say turning your back, but you need to enter survival mode. So there's a, there's a different type of fear that I'm talking about. If you see a tornado, you don't drive towards the tornado. You're not, you're not a storm chaser, right? You drive away from the tornado. But this fear I'm talking about is more of an emotional, baseless fear. And there may be some idea of what this fear is about, but for the most part, it is baseless We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. 29, verse 25. All right, let's read this on a count of three, all right? Ready? One, two, three. The fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. I love that passage. When I first read that passage... Uh, first of all, if you read Proverb a day, I guarantee you, you're going to sin less. You're going to do less stupid things. You're going to be more wise. If you read a Proverb a day, you will start to live for Jesus. I'm telling you right now, you guys should be in the, books of, the book of Proverbs. You should be studying it, memorizing these verses, because this is wisdom. And the scripture says, those who treat uh, wisdom with contempt, they love death. If you don't love wisdom, the scripture says you love death. If you love folly... That means you're in the chambers of death. So maybe one day we'll get into a Proverbs sermon series. I think that'd be fun. But here, the scripture saying the fear of man will prove to be a snare. Everybody say the fear of man. That's what we're talking about today. You see here it says the fear of man is a snare. It's a trap, right? Can we get a picture of a snare up just in case? How many of y'all have ever gone hunting? That's what I thought. You, you've gone hunting? Oh. That's what I thought. We're all urban folk here. We don't hunt. What we do is we go to Aldi. Right? Or if you're a girl, you know you hunt for sales. Right? Or you hunt for sales. You still hunt for sales. It's just about shoes. That's it, right? Yeah, deals. Hunt for deals. You're on the hunt. You're on the prowl. Okay? Hunting is something that, uh, a snare is someone, something that people use for hunting, right? Now, a snare has a trap. It has something to lure someone in. So if you are, let's say, you know, 
You're not going to fall in a trap that's obvious. Let's just be honest, right? You're not, uh, like, we're not bunnies. We're not, like, you know, we see, you know, we see, a, like, a little loop-de-loop. We're like, oh, let me just put my hand there, and then, boom, we get caught up. We're not like that. A lure is designed to bring someone into the trap, right? I went fishing recently with uh, some of the brothers in the church, and I couldn't catch anything because my lure wasn't low. My lure was high up, and fishes weren't really falling for that. I had to lower my lure so that they would see the worm there. Once they saw the worm, they would go for the trap. But if they just saw the trap, they wouldn't go for the. They wouldn't go for. Uh, if they just saw for the trap, they wouldn't bite the lure. Does everyone make? Does that make sense, everyone? I want I want you to understand. Did you guys find that picture? If not, it's okay. So think about this. Solomon, who's the author of Proverbs, right? He's he's been in a lot of traps. Let's just say. Right? He's been kind of thirsty. He was trapped with women, trapped with other gods, right? Solomon, he it knows what he's talking about here, but this is the words that he's speaking to his sons or that David's speaking to him, and it's telling us, there you go, that's great. That's good enough. That's good enough. Let's get that picture. That's not good enough. They, they move it a little bit. There you go. Yep, that's good. So we see here, imagine, right, you're trying to catch an animal. They trigger this. This thing's going to fall on it. Okay? And this looks like it's a killing thing. It's not a trapping thing. But let's just pretend it was a trapping thing. So let's say in order to catch an animal, though, let's say we're trying to catch a, 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 a rabbit, right? Well, we're going to put rabbit food there. We're going to put rabbit food. What do rabbits eat? Carrots? Are you sure? I think that's a stereotype. <laughs> hay. Hay, right? We're going to put some hay here. And then the rabbit's going to come, and they're going to be like, hey, I actually like hay, right? What, let, me, let me ask you this. Would we, put, uh, would we put a snake in here? No, we're not trying to catch a mongoose. We're trying to catch a rabbit. Would we put maybe uh, something that is offensive to rabbits, like, you know, a smell, an odor, so that they can just walk away from it? Would we put something that they don't like here? No, no, we put something that they like. The fear of man is a snare because you fear the man in order to gain something that you like. See, we in this culture, many people fear man when they seek approval. See, when you seek approval, when you want something, right, it looks tasty. Man, I really want a friend. And, you know, I know this person, you know, goes to elevate with me, but they make fun of everyone that worships. They... They mock everyone that lives for Jesus. Man, I don't want to do this Christianity too much because I might lose this friend. So I think I'm just going to play it safe. Boom, you're in the snare. Oh, man, I just sinned. I don't want anybody to know I sinned. I'm living a double life. Instead of coming clean, I like when people think I'm living holy. I got their approval. They think of me as someone cool. Let me just... Keep this show on a little bit longer. Snare, you're in the trap. You see, the fear of man is not something that's abstract. It's not something like the fear of man, right? No, it's something very real. It's something that is attached to our desires. It's something that we can be tempted with. It's something that can lure us away from the safety that's in Jesus and now bring us into a trap that the enemy uses. You see, many people fear man to seek approval. 
Many people in the church will live a hypocritical life, suffer in silence because of their sin instead of confessing and being refreshed. Many people that are youth will continue to hide certain things in their life in order so that people will never know even though they're going through hell just because they fear man. What brought them to it? What brought them to it? Why did they fear man? Well, it could have been approval. It could have been maybe the uh, popularity. They feared man maybe because they were comfortable and they didn't want to lose that comfortability. They feared man maybe because they wanted to look cool. They didn't want to be seen as that Christian. They didn't want to be seen as someone weird. So what they did was they hid themselves. They hide themselves. They go into the snare and they're trapped. Can an animal get out of a snare? Very hard, depending how good the snare is, no. You ever seen a bear claw? If that thing gets on your ankle, you're done. It, basically, it's like a, like, a, like, a, like a dentures, metal dentures, and it clamps. And it cuts into whoever or whatever it traps. You see, a snare is not something you can just get out of. It's not something you can just wrestle your way out. It's not something you can just try your best to get out of. It's not something you can just change. You see, a snare is something that has to be released from you. And the fear of man, if, you, if you're in it, it's not going to be something that you, you're going you're gonna to really want to get out of. Because what? You're too busy eating your snack. You're too busy eating what lures you in there. You're enjoying the lure, so you're suffering while you're eating, or you're suffering while you're seeking approval. You're in sin, but you're Lin 201, right? You're in sin, but yet your 101 doesn't know. You're, you're in sin, but yet the whole church thinks you're this cool guy or this good Christian, right? The fear of man, seeking approval, seeking the praise of people. But I want to let you know that that is something that's, that's nothing new. Let's go to 1 Samuel 15, 24. Does anybody know the, the name of the first king of Israel? Shout it out. Come on. Come on, TBQ. Y'all struggling. Y'all struggling out here. What's the first name of the king of Israel? I want everybody to say it, though, because y'all should all know. Why are y'all not listening? What is the first name of the king of Israel? All right, y'all acting kind of like uh, slow up in here. You're not, you know, you know. If you've been in JBQ, you know, and you should be saying what you know, okay? Saul. Saul was, first of all, picked by the people, picked, well, picked by God, but the people really wanted a king, so God let them have a king. Saul, from the tribe of, I believe, Benjamin, I could be wrong, if I'm wrong, correct me, or Judah, one of those, Saul was one of a bunch of brothers, and he becomes king, and God gives him orders on wars, and God, he has to obey God, and if he doesn't obey God, right, things happen. One of those things was basically the Lord tells Saul to wipe out the Immaculites, and the Immaculites uh, basically are people that worship the other gods, and they're causing, you know, they could cause Israel to sin, and they're in war, and this is part of the, the holy wars. If you want to know more about this stuff, you can come to me, but long story short, Saul doesn't really do that. What he does, he plunders, and that means he steals from the Immaculate sheep and, and lamb and animals and livestock. And then what he does is he takes their king as hostage, right? So he takes a prisoner of war, and he disobeys God. 
So, this is then after he's approached by the prophet. And then Samuel, which is uh, his prophet at the time, the prophet of Israel. So Saul, Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I violated, I violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of men. Everybody say, I was afraid of men. Say, I was afraid of men. And so I gave in to them. Think about this. This is a mighty king. This man has power. But he's no match for the snare that is the fear of man. You see, he begs. Now I beg you, Lord. All right, now I beg you, forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. He knows he ain't good with God, so he's saying, Samuel, come on, ease my guilt. But Samuel said to him, I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of Lord, the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. So as Samuel turned to leave, Saul caught hold of the hem of his robe, and it tore. Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors, to one better than you. That's deep. That's rough. But that's what happened because he was afraid of man. Thank you. So Samuel, he's the king here. He's the king. Or Saul, sorry. Saul is the king. Thank you. And he has all these po- this power. He has this command from God, and he disobeys him. He disobeys him because he wants the praise of people. You understand that Saul, he wanted the praise of people. Saul cared more about the worship of self and the acknowledgement of self and the praise of self and for his servants, his people, to see him as some great king, some great guy to follow rather than obey God. You see, it was the fear of man that did Saul in. It was the fear of man. What, do, what, 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 can, what could have Saul done? Saul didn't, I mean, Saul didn't sleep with his wife. Uh, sleep, uh, not sleep, sleep with someone that wasn't his wife. He didn't just all of a sudden, uh, you know, kill someone just to kill someone. I mean, this was kind of like an insignificant thing, right? That's what we would think. I mean, all he did was take some land for his men. All he did was take the king, right, hold him hostage. Man, he did something that was actually pretty smart. Maybe I would have done that. No, he disobeyed God. He disobeyed God. You see, sometimes the Lord will tell us to do things that don't make sense in our mind at the moment. Sometimes God will tell us to talk to a person. Sometimes God will tell us to speak a word out. Sometimes God will tell us to stop uh, being with someone or uh, looking at something. And we're like, well, it's not technically sin. I mean, I don't want this person to look at me any differently. So you know what you do? You disobey God. You're like, well, it's not breaking the Ten Commandments. So it must not be sin. Listen, I want to let you know that we can sin in a hundred thousand ways that are not listed in the Ten Commandments. The scripture says if someone does what they know is wrong, they sin. If you don't do the good you're out to do, you sin. You see, we are not under the law, but we're under something that's greater than the law, Christ. Saul 
under the word of God, rejects the word of God, and now because he rejected the word of God, he himself is rejected by God. This is what happens when you fear the Lord. You lose everything. You see, it was at this point now David is going to become king. God chose David now. So Saul lost his kingdom. Saul lost his power, his position. Everything God gave him, God took it away because of the fear of man. And some of you in this place, you have gifts, you have talents, you have promise, potential. All of that can be taken away if you fear man. If you fear man in this place, you could lose everything. You could lose everything. You can lose relationships. You can lose friendships. You can lose loved ones. People will turn their back on you because you of the fear of man. God himself will discipline you and take things away from you because of the fear of man. So we have to understand that this snare is not something to play with. It's not something to joke around with. You fear man more than you fear God. You fear man at all, and it will trap you. So the fear of man, fear of man was Sam, uh, Saul seeking the approval of his men. What would the fear of man be for you? Some of you in this place, you need to wake up a little bit. You need to see where you have feared man. When TJ had a moment where we were supposed to look into our hearts. Did you see the fear of man there? Did you see that maybe you're seeking someone's approval? Maybe you didn't want to worship because it's like, man, I really care about what this person's thinking. Maybe you don't want to lift up your hands because it's like, well, you know, I don't want people to, to think of me as some weirdo. Maybe you don't share your faith. You're, you're thinking, man, I don't really, I'm not vocal about my faith. I don't really do too much when it comes to Jesus because if I do it around this person, they won't talk to me anymore. You see, if you fear man, it's a trap. It's a snare. And to God, it's, 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 not, just, uh, it's not just you sinning against yourself, right? Like you're, you're trapped in yourself, but you're sinning against God when you fear man. Can we go to John chapter 12, verses 37 to 45? As we're going there, I want you guys to think about this. Do you desire the praises of people? Do you desire to be praised? Are you only going to live for God if someone sees you? Are you only going to live for God if someone recognizes that you're living for God? If you were never to be recognized or acknowledged or approved of by another man or another person that you respect, would you still do the things for God that you do? You see, that when, we st- when we put it that way, do we fear man? Do we seek their approval? In John chapter 12, in John chapter 12, Jesus is having a conversation with the Pharisees. So for Saul, he still had a chance, really, and he kept having this fear for man. Anybody ever heard about when he was throwing spears at David? That's because he, what, everything that, the snare that he had, he was stuck in, the, the Lord was gone. So the snare, the trap. He, he ate it. It's like a rabbit getting caught up, right? And it's like, man, my leg hurts. But, man, this food is good. This hay is really good. Hello. Right? And it's eating the hay. But once it finishes the hay and it's gone, right here, the, the snare is right there. So 
Saul, living for the praises of people, living for their approval, once David comes on the scene, he kills Goliath. He's killed, uh, Saul's killed his thousands, but David's killed his tens of thousands. He sees that the lore, the lure, the thing that he wanted, the thing that got him into the fear of man, it's gone. And he's just left with this snare. And David has what he wants. So the fear of man drove him now, the seeking of approval drove him now to kill him. He doesn't want people to see him as a bad king. So he's willing to disobey God. He's willing to hide sin. He's willing to be literally rejecting everything God has given him. And this is something that we see now with the Pharisees. In John chapter 12, verse 27, um, actually, no, go back to where you're at. Hold on one second. No, my bad, 37, sorry. So 37, Jesus had been performing miracles and signs before people. The them is the Pharisees, yet they still refuse to believe in him. They still refuse to believe in him. So everyone, what did they do? They refused to what? They refused. They, and when you refuse something, it's you recognize it, it's there, but you turn it away. You turn away from it, right? How many of you remember when you were a baby and they would try to feed you food and you'd be like, ugh, right? Has anyone ever tried to feed a baby before? I've never really tried. I kind of just, I'm like, hey, okay, you don't want it, right? But they refuse food. It's like, you're going to die. Eat this already. But they still refuse it. Here's Jesus. He's giving them this right here. He's like, hey, listen, here I am. But they refuse to believe in him. So that the word of Isaiah, we spoke about this last week, uh, the prophet, uh, prophet will be fulfilled. He said, Lord, who has believed our message? And to whom the arm of the Lord has revealed? For this reason, they could not believe because, again, Isaiah said, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so that they would not see with their eyes and understand with their heart. Turn to me and turn to me so I could heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw Christ's glory and spoke about him. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because, everybody say, but because. So this is the reason why. Even rulers, like governors, rich men, rich women at this time, rich families, they're hearing Christ, they're seeing the miracles, their lives are being like altered right in front of them, but yet they don't want to commit because of the Pharisees. Because of the Pharisees, they would not confess Jesus to be the Christ so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. So they were afraid of the Pharisees. They were afraid of the Pharisees and to be put out of the synagogue. They didn't want to lose their popularity because they're Jews. The synagogue, the whole fam went to the synagogue. The whole, every cousin went to the synagogue. You had cousin Mo, you had cousin Harley, you had cousin Joe. Everybody went to the synagogue. If they were to get kicked out of it, everyone would know. Everyone would see that they're no longer good Jews. So when they're kicked out of the synagogue, who are they going to turn to? Their family know they're going to desert them and reject them. The, the city's going the, the, the to shun them. They're going to be out the synagogues like the Gentiles, the people that weren't allowed to worship God, like the Samaritans, like the lepers. So the scripture then says, for they loved praise from men 
more than praise from God. I want you to understand that here. People refuse to believe in Jesus. Well, they believed in him, but they refused to confess him. That's such a big thing right here. That's such a big thing. I don't even think you guys understand that right now. They believed in him, but they refused to confess him. In their heart, they said, yeah, yeah, this is the Christ. But in their mouth, they refused to confess him. What is confession? Is that something you do in secret? Like, like imagine you want to confess your sin. You start saying, hey, man, by the way, TJ, I stole this from you. Don't get mad at me. And TJ's like, you hear that? No, a confession is something you say aloud. TJ, I stole your two bucks. Forgive me. Right? Of course, I wouldn't scream it out loud. I tell him publicly, right? But TJ, don't worry. I didn't steal your money. Think about that. They believed in their heart, but they couldn't publicly say it. They couldn't publicly confess it. They couldn't go to their family and face them face to face, their friends, and face them face to face and say, Jesus is Christ. They were afraid of the Pharisees and the influence of the Pharisees, the power of the Pharisees, the authority of the Pharisees, so they were desired their praise instead of the praise of God. They rather loved to be praised rather than to praise. They loved the worship of men rather than to worship the God who made men. You see, they were willing to give up God because of the fear of man. Because of the fear of man, they refuse to confess who Christ is. Think about how strong the fear of man is now. The fear of man is not a joke. Some of y'all watching porn in this room. Some of y'all gossiping in this room. Some of you right now have friends that you sin with that you don't have anyone, you don't let anybody know about. Because you are afraid of man. You're living three lives here. You're living a life in church, you're living a life with your family, and you're living a life with friends. You're living a life online even that's different than what you really are. And it's because you fear man. You see, the fear of man will not only get you into some problems in life, the fear of man will prohibit you from confessing that Jesus is Christ. See, the fear of man was a snare for these people. The fear of man was a snare for these people. They rather receive the praise from people, then praise God. And not only praise God, but they didn't even want praise from God. You see, you can only have one or the other. You can either have praise from men, or you can have praise from God. You can either fear man, or you can fear God. You can't have both. These people here thought they were being good Jews, keeping their culture Keeping their people, keeping things hidden in themselves. And if they got out, people may look different at them. Really, all they were doing was rejecting the living God. They were just fulfilling prophecy of judgment. They were in the snare of judgment. God will not rescue you from the snare if you want to be in there. He'll leave you in the snare. He will leave you trapped. He will leave you hung up and to dry. If you, do, if you fear man, if you desire their praise, God will let you hear nothing but their praise. 
until it destroys you. If you desire the praise of people, God will let you hear it as long as you can until that snare has killed you. Until you are no longer serving Christ. Because that's what I've seen in this church, in this youth group. I know people right now that they're 18, 21, 22, and they're posting stuff that is so, so disgusting, so perverted, so full of lust. But that lust is nothing new. That lust was there since they were in here. But they had the fear of man, so no one knew. But then once that lust got a hold of them, see, sin doesn't just want a little nibble. It wants the whole course meal. Sin doesn't just want, your, want your, your private life. Sin wants your public life. See, sin don't just want your heart. It wants your mind. Sin don't just want your hands. It wants your feet. Sin don't just want your present. It wants your future. Sin wants to kill and destroy you. You get caught up in the fear of man. You will die. You will die. And I'm not just talking about a physical death. I'm talking about a spiritual death will last for eternity. You, you desire the praise from people rather than the praise from God, you will die in your sin. And you won't even know. You won't even know till you're already dead. Till you look back and you say, oh, well, I guess I was Christian. I guess I was Christian. You need to repent in this place if you desire the praise of people. If you desire the praise of people in here and that is stopping you from your walk in Christ, you haven't confessed to your one-on-one or certain sins because you know you'll get rebuked. You haven't, you haven't opened up to your friends that aren't, don't know Jesus because you're afraid to confess that Jesus is Christ to them because they may call you a bigot, a homophobe. They may call you all these things. You're afraid to publicly come out and confess that Jesus is Lord. Be seen as a Christian from random strangers because of this fear of man. You need to repent because what? You're an idolater. You have made an idol of man. You have made an idol of approval. You have made an idol, and that idol is soon going to be a stone that's going to be used to kill you. You understand that the idol that you set up, that you worship, that's going to be the idol that's going to be bashed on your head. You don't understand the tools of the enemy, the schemes of the enemy. Some of you are so naive and so foolish, babes in Christ, yet you try to live secretly. You try to live on your own. You try to fight your own fights when God has given you a church, when God has given you his spirit. You ain't nothing but pray for the, for the devil. You ain't nothing but a a, a nice meal. You ain't nothing but a snack for sin. You see, a lion is not afraid of a sheep. He's afraid of the shepherd. He's afraid of the shepherd. You're not scary. You're not powerful. You're not strong. No matter what this world thinks you, you're not enough. You try to... Show yourself to be enough. You try because of the fear of man to seek their approval and be enough. But I'm telling you right now, that's a snare. The world wants you to live in sin secretly. So that eventually you can be like them publicly. You have to get that. You have to get that. You may think that you're doing what you want to do, but you're just caught up in a snare. You need to repent. Come clean. Confess your sins. 
Confess that Jesus is the Christ. Is the Christ. He's the Lord of your life. If I can have Melanie come up, please, and the worship team. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13, 5 through 7. I want to let you know there is a way out of the snare. Altar workers, if you can come up as well. There is a way, there's a way out of the snare. And it's through confidence in Christ. It is through confidence in Christ. Hebrews chapter 13, 5 through 7. It says right here that your conduct must be free from the love of money. And you must be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you and I will never abandon you. So we can say this with confidence. Everybody say confidence. Everybody say confidence. Everybody say confidence. I don't hear everyone saying confidence. Say confidence. It's probably because you don't have confidence in Jesus. You're still afraid to say confidence in this place. You're still thinking about what you're going to do later on. I want to let you know if you're not confident in Christ, you're confident in something that's going to fail you. Right here it says, so we can say with confidence, what are we saying? The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. And I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? I'm going to say that again. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper and I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? What can man do to me? Think about that. Those people that you're seeking their approval, you want their praise, what can they do for you that God can't do better than? What can they do to you that God can't do worse than? You see, we think that man can make our life suffer. God can cause you suffering beyond belief. See, God can throw, put you in hell. But what's the good that man can do that God can't do greater than? What good can man do that compares to God? Can't God give us eternal life? Can't God actually provide us joy? Can't God actually give us peace, security? If we go back to Proverbs chapter 29, you see, the fear of man will prove to be a snare. It will show you. Eventually, you'll see it's a snare. Many of you guys, you're hearing my voice and you're still in lies. You have no intention to confess and repent. I want to let you know, for many of you, the scripture says, if you remain stiff-necked through many rebukes, you'll be destroyed. You will be destroyed. If you keep fighting and resisting the rebuke of the Lord, you will be destroyed. If you keep resisting the conviction of the Spirit, God is going to give you up to your depravity. The fear of man is a snare. And it will prove to be a snare. But here is the confidence. Here is where we can be confident. Here is where we can be safe. Because for whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. You see, when you Find Jesus as a refuge when you have your confidence in him, when he is your safe place. Not money, not the praises of people, not popularity, not us looking at you like, oh, you're a good Christian. Look at you, you do this. Look at you, you do that. Listen, the approval of us is not a safety net. 
the approval of your parents and your family, that's not a safety net. You see, it's only those who trust in the Lord that are kept safe. You are not safe anywhere. Your wealth can't protect you. The Bible says that wealth is useless on the day of wrath. See, when God comes and you've lived for the praise of people rather than the praise of God, that wealth cannot protect you from his judgment. You see, when the God comes and you've stacked up your riches, your whole $17 per hour at your job, your career, whatever you think you're going to get when you're older, and you think, man, I've done this, I'm safe. It says the, the rich, they think their wealth is so high that no one can climb it. You think that'll protect you from the snare? You think that'll protect you from the enemy? Only those who trust in the Lord are kept safe. Only those who trust in Jesus, who are confident in him, are kept safe. If we could all stand, please. See, we got to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. We shouldn't be seeking the praise and approval of people. I had, I had a professor say this, that the same hands that praise you are going to be the same hands used to choke you. You see, people are praising you one second. They're accusing you the next. People are thinking, man, man, I love Josiah. That's my guy. Behind your back or the minute you do something wrong, they're going to say, I hate that guy. I had friends in high school. I would have them come over to my house. We'd play video games, eat food, chill. One friend would leave. Another friend would be like, man, I hate that guy so much. After just saying, man, bro, you kill me, bro. You're hilarious. I love you, bro. One minute we're hanging out. Next minute they're throwing hands. You see, people are petty. And yet you are in the snare just for that. God ain't petty, though. And God, he will keep you safe. I just want to make this altar call very simple. When Adam came up, he was talking about the same thing, very similar. He was talking about the fear of man, in a sense, similar to what I'm saying. We're comparison. A lot of times the fear of man can draw us with comparison. A lot of times we're so busy comparing ourselves to people, we don't realize we're afraid of them. We're afraid of their opinion. We're afraid they'll be better than us. We're afraid they'll, be, they'll have a, a, a better life than us. And this is a snare for every ty- all types of people. I want to let you know you're, you're not safe there. You're not safe in your sin right now. You're not safe in your sin. You're not safe in your duplicity, your double-mindedness. But you're safe with the Lord. If you were to confess your, yourself to the Lord, if you were to come clean to Jesus, you see, he's not, he's not going to trap you. Isn't, that's the contrast here. When you get close to the snare, you're done. You're trapped. When you get close to the fear of man, you're, you're in a snare. But when you get close to the Lord, you're safe. You see, when you're safe with the Lord. And many of you, I want, I want you guys to really think about this. Are you living for Jesus or are you living for this social club? 
Because it can become real quick a social club. Even for deacons, even for 201ers, even for pastors, even for elders. This could be real quick a, a place where you go so that people can make you feel good about yourself. You can receive praise. Even for me, I can come here, y'all have to listen to me for, for an hour. It makes me feel good about myself. People don't listen to me out there. People will listen to me here. But that ain't how it is. If I was to think like that, I would have to repent. That's, that's the fear of man creeping in. Because what if you stop listening to me? What if people stop caring about what I have to say? Oh, no, I have to change what I have to say. I got to make sure I say something that they'll care about. Boom, I'm in the snare. Maybe you in this place, you really want to be at a level like 201, so you're hiding things because you just want to get to 201. For those watching online, 201 is our discipleship program. So you hide things because you want to advance. You want to be seen. You want praise from your leaders. You want praise from the people you respect. But I want to let you know you're not safe there where you're at. You see, because you're rejecting praise from God. If everyone could bow their heads and close their eyes. Hallelujah. Lord, convict us in this place right now, Lord. Lord, convict us in this place right now, God. Deliver us, God. You are our helper, Lord. We don't need to be afraid of man, God. We don't need to, be, we don't need to have and live in the fear of man in this place, Lord. God, in you, we are kept safe, Lord. We are kept safe, Lord. We're kept safe from the snare. We're kept safe from the enemy, Lord. God, I pray for everyone in this place right now, God. Pray for Nathan. Pray for Daniel, Josiah, Fernandos, AJ, Brian, Krakow, Lord. I pray right now for all of them, God. Lord, deliver them from the fear of man. Deliver them from seeking approval from their peers. Deliver them right now, God, from being, from being complacent, God, and what people think about them, Lord. Right now, I pray that they would have a vision, an eyesight that is set on Jesus. Lord, I pray right now that they would see the cross and they would be kept safe. Lord, I pray that they would not live for the approval of, of people they look up to, of their parents, of their leaders, God, deliver them. God, right now I pray, Father God, for Jenna, for Abby, for Brianna, for Evie, for Olivia, for Hannah, Lord. Right now, Lord, I pray that they would just, God, that they would find themselves in you, Lord. They would be hidden in you, Lord. They wouldn't look to the left or look to the right. They wouldn't look for what their neighbor is doing, God. Lord, if they're in the snare right now, deliver them in Jesus' name, God. Lord, I pray for genuine discipleship in this place, Lord. God, we're only safe in you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're only safe in you, God. Right now, guys, I want you guys to con consider this. Are you in the Lord? If you're dealing with anxiety in this place, every time people are around you, you're not, you're not safe. If you are constantly thinking about what other people think about you, you're not safe. The enemy has already infiltrated your mind. 
He's already messed with your thoughts. You are in the snare. You need to cry out for help. And you need to leave that snare. You need to leave that trap. You need to leave that trap. What kind of animal sets a trap, escapes, and then comes back? We say that's a dumb animal. That's an animal asking to be eaten. And some of you are saying, yeah, I've been set free. I've been set free. But yet you go back to the same trap. Be free in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. I want to release you guys to lay hands on people right now. Begin to lay hands on whoever you want to. Begin to pray for people right now. I want you guys to be free in Jesus' name. Daniel, right now, I want you to start a Christian club. And it doesn't have to be an official one. You're going to join track or uh, whatever band you're doing right now. I want you to preach to those people. Don't seek their approval at all. Don't seek their approval at all. That will be a snare for you. That will be a snare for you. High school will eat you up if you want their approval. I've seen people drop out of high school because of the fear of man. I've seen people start doing drugs because of the fear of man. I've seen people do cocaine. They've done meth because of the fear of man. The fear of man is a snare in this place. And if you are far from it, you're near it, you're too close. Hallelujah. We want to pray right now in this place. I want you guys to understand the fear of man is not a joke to play with. And I'm tired of you guys when we have altar call. You guys don't come up, but then all of a sudden comes out that you're dealing with the same things that we just preached about. Get free now in Jesus' name. Confess now. Don't deal with it anymore. Come out of the snare. Come out of the snare. Only in Christ are you kept safe. Only in Christ are you kept safe in this place. Only in Christ are you kept safe. There's no other safety. There's no no other place of safety. There's no other place of safety. Fernandos, take this serious. Take this serious. Brother, you don't know the generational curse that will come after you. You don't know what will come after you if you don't take this serious. Be aware of the enemy scheme, Josiah. Be aware of the generational curse. Be aware of that stuff. You think it's a game. You think it's a game. God, God ain't playing games with you. You want to do your own life, you do your own life. God will let you. But get serious. The fear of man is a snare. You live for the people of this generation. You want to be seen as someone to them. Their praise will kill you. Their praise will kill you. You'll be left in depression. You'll be left addicted. You'll be left alone. You'll be left alone. People can't love you like God loves you. 
If you've been hurt in this place because of the fear of man, you need to repent. Because that means you're still stuck in the fear of man. You're still stuck in the fear of man. And the Lord, there's safety. Don't leave this place. This altar right here, this altar right here, this church is the altar. Wherever Christ is at, that's the altar. Leave it on the cross. Leave it on the cross. Don't leave the same. Don't leave the same. If you've been afraid to preach, don't leave being still afraid to preach. We're gonna, we'll pray that you be baptized in the Holy Spirit right now, giving boldness. If you've been afraid to confess Christ to your unsaved friends or these people on your mind, don't leave the same. Don't leave still afraid. If you've been afraid to give up sin, to lose the approval of people in your life, don't leave the same. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to say a general dismissal of prayer. But listen, if you still need prayer, I'm telling you to receive prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you because you're our helper, Lord. You will never leave us nor abandon us, God. You will never fail us, Lord. You will never fail us, Lord. Though you know us, though you know the hearts of men, though you know our intentions, you've known us since before we were born, God. Lord, you never killed us in our sin. You never trapped us to destroy us, Lord. But yet you drew us closer to you so that we may have life and life in your son's name. So, Father, right now I pray that we would cling to you. We'd hold to you. We would go far away from the snare that is the fear of man. And we would uh, just hold on to, the, to you, Lord, because we know that there's safety in you. There's so much safety in you, God. There's so much peace in you, God. We don't have to fear any attack of the enemy. We don't have to fear depression. We don't have to fear man and seek their approval and be manipulated by them. Lord, we can be free in Jesus' name, just like your servant Paul said. Paul said that he's not a, he doesn't live for the commendation of man, but he lives for the commendation of the Lord. I pray for that over Elevate in Jesus' name. Lord, he's not a bondservant to man, but he was a bondservant to you, God. Let us not be slaves in this place to, the, to our fellow man. Lord, let us instead be messengers of the one true gospel. Lord, Spirit, convict us in this place if we are in the fear of man and free us. We pray this in your mighty name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Praise the Lord. But if you still need prayer... You